I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome and welcome and welcome in episode 60 The big 6-0 Back at you again, Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution, the humblest host in the biz. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates or drop an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. Ratings and reviews are accepted and appreciated as well. Guys, we are one step closer to D-Day, to the draft day. We have two more prospects. I have one more amazing guest. It is Chevin Nooney. Chev Boyardee on Twitter, co-host of the Dynasty Rewind. Check him out over there if you haven't already. Buckle in. We got two more exciting quarterback prospects to talk about today. Hope you enjoy it. Something is wrong with you. I got a fever. Adam himself could not resist the temptation of rookie fever. Here we are, folks. We are back again, back in black with Chev. He is here to help break down two more really interesting quarterback prospects. I think the whole class is really interesting because nobody knows. Like, it would it shock any of us if Malik Willis is the first quarterback? No. Would it shock any of us if Kenny Pickett is the first quarterback? No. You know, would it shock us if there was three quarterbacks in the first round? Probably not. Is it going to shock us if? Nobody goes to the top of the second round. That would make sense. You know, it's like, it's yeah. one of those classes. So it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's kind of crazy, but it's good to kind of get our, our ideas straight about what we think about these prospects before we see landing, landing spot and draft capital. We are going to be starting off with a fairly intriguing, controversial quarterback. I feel like there's a small group of people who are like, Sam Howell, quarterback one. And they're like super like zealous. And then there's a lot of people who are like, oh, he sucks. I'm not interested. So we're going to get Chev's take on it. But first, I'm going to give you a little bit of a background here on Sam Howell. Um, he is University of North Carolina Tar Heel. He's come out early, so he's a junior, which is pretty cool. 21 years old. He was one of the only four-star recruits in this class. A lot of three-star recruits. Uh, he weighs in at six foot one, 218 pounds with nine and one-eighth inch hands. Uh, he didn't participate in any any combine drills because he's recovering from, I believe it was either a groin or a, a calf injury, something like that. So he didn't actually compete in any of the drills at the combine. So we don't have any athletic measurables for him. He did have a 19.0, so exactly 19 breakout age, which is 91st percentile. So that's really solid. Um, when he was coming out, he was the number three pro-style quarterback in the country as a prospect. So very highly touted, highly, highly thought of. And he came in straight away. So he didn't redshirt. A lot of these guys had a redshirt year. Maybe there was an incumbent starter who was finishing up their career and they sort of sat behind. He came in straight away, started all 13 games as a true freshman in 2019. And in 2019, he was All-American, ACC Rookie of the Year, ACC All-Academic. So certainly starting off his um, career on the right trajectory and 
basically he's third in the league history with 92 career passing touchdowns and the most ever by a player in three or few fewer seasons. He owns pretty much all of the university of North Carolina quarterback records. I'm not even going to read them because honestly, like it is about a page worth of like, he's like the most in yards in a season, the most yards as a freshman, the most yards as a whole. And it's like, so he basically owns all of the UNC records um, and 37 games played. He had a 164.2 passer rating. He had a 63.8, percent completion rate through for over 10,000 yards 9.2 yards per attempt 92 touchdowns and 23 interceptions and then for rushing he has that Konami code uh cheat sheet you know sort of gene to him as well 369 rush attempts for 1,009 yards only 2.7 yards per attempt surprisingly um and 17 touchdowns so that gives you a little bit of a backstory back history there but I've talked long enough I want to hear what Chev has to say what do you where do you come down on Sam Howell yeah, I don't know about you. When I watch Sam Howell, I see Baker Mayfield 2.0. I mean, he just reminds me of him so stinking much. Just the way he way he competes, the way he just carries himself, he just seems like Baker in my opinion. And, I mean, there's a lot of similarities in their game as well. I honestly feel bad for him. It's 2021. Uh, 2020, you have two stud running backs, and you have two great college wide receivers at your helm. 2021 he loses a lot of his linemen he loses every one of those guys that got drafted in the nfl and you could tell he was a little skittish sometimes he uh looked for one read and he's taken off if, if it's not there i am running i'm running for my life sometimes uh but i think he's he's a good quarterback man he's not somebody that is really gonna put the team on his back and just go down the field every single time and score touchdowns or just be a guy that's a gunslinger in the nfl I feel like he can be a decent quarterback every year. He seemed to put up productive numbers. Uh, so that's very encouraging as well. He seems like a really good leader on the field. Somebody that is going to have your back, somebody that competes every single play for you, whether it's throwing the football or rushing the football, he's going to have your back in those games and in those ways. Uh, a lot of the times he seems to get down. I've had like a mix of, yeah, he takes unnecessary hits, but then there's also times where, he gets down and slides and st tries to protect himself. So I think just working on that, protecting himself a little bit more in the NFL is definitely going to be key, especially the faster they are and the bigger they are. Uh, that's going to be huge for him just staying healthy. And it seemed like a lot of times if they were down in games, they would somehow climb back and just make it a game at the end of, at the end of it. And, you know, that's somebody that's going to battle, somebody that battles throughout the game. And I think he can place the ball all, all over the field. His deep ball is something that's talked about a lot. And you can tell it's pretty when you're watching the 2020 film and you see Deami Brown out there just snagging balls over dudes. He, he gives his wide receivers a shot. And when he had Daz Newsome, he's leading him. He's getting those yak yards. He's a pretty accurate quarterback, in my opinion. And he gives his players around him a lot of area to move with the football. Uh, he, he moves in the pocket well. He can keep plays going just like Baker Mayfield. I mean, and also Baker sometimes can get in trouble where he tries to get off-platform throws and different sidearm angles. And same thing with Sam Howe. I mean, you see it. He's off-platform. His footwork's just not as good. And he tries to fit the ball in all these tight little spots on the field. And that can get him into trouble sometimes. But all in all, I think Sam Howe is a good quarterback. He's got some things to sure up like a lot of these people or a lot of these QBs in the class do. Uh, but I don't hate him. I think he's a good quarterback that is somebody that can get the job done for two or three years. I can also see him being a quarterback that is a backup in two or three years as well. Yeah, no, I think for me, one of the things 
I, I yeah, it's like light. It's like night and day to me when you go back and watch like the 2020 yeah. version of Sam Howell, and then you watch the 2021 version. You're like, whoa, this is so. So what that tells me is that at least at this stage in his career, he's not a quarterback who can put a team on his back and just mm-hmm. make them a better team. I feel like he is as good as the cast that you give him to work with. I feel like if you dropped him into like Tampa Bay, he would be really good. Mm -hmm. And he would like, you know, he would put up some serious fantasy numbers and we would be really excited. I feel like if you threw him into like the New York Giants as it stands, he would struggle, you know, very similar to Danny Dimes. So, yeah, I think he's got some tools. He has a nice deep ball. He's similar, like in the sense that as soon as things go off of like, as soon as things go not according to plan, it gets chaotic, like Mm -hmm. massively. Like there's plays where he's just, basically bouncing around off people like a pinball yeah and um so yeah he's he's definitely one of those dudes i feel like he was just a gamer in 21 he was just trying to make stuff happen and i like that competitive nature i like the fact that he wants to win he wants to do better than he you know probably should be doing based on the surrounding cast that he's got so for me it'll be very much landing spot dependent if somebody like well, I guess if like if he went to like Detroit at the very end of the first round or something like that, and it looks like he's going to sit behind, you know, maybe golf for a year and learn from him or something like that, you know, that's probably actually a really good landing spot for him, something yeah. like that. Whereas if he's going to go somewhere like, I don't think it would happen, but if for some reason like Atlanta took him really early or something like that, that would actually scare me because as much as people think, oh, that'd be great because you'd have opportunity, I'd be like, well, they have a terrible supporting cast, very few weapons. And he still needs work on his game. He's got a lot of maturing to do and stuff. So for me, it's going to be one of those guys that if the price stays right, I'll be interested in getting him and hopefully seeing him develop into something. But if he's going to you know, get this hype and he's going in the first round, I won't be taking him in the first round, I don't think, in the Superflex rookie drafts. Um, he's somebody for me, I guess that leads me into my rookie grade for him because he's a quarterback and because he does have that rushing upside and things like that. As long as he gets halfway decent draft capital and there's like a path where you can see that there being some sort of opportunity i'm happy to take him somewhere in the second round of a super mm-hmm. flex league but i certainly wouldn't be pushing up into the first round unless like i said he goes to like if for some reason like pittsburgh falls in love with him and they take him then i'd be thinking okay he's going to maybe be pushing trubisky this year for a starting job but certainly should be the heir apparent next year they have a good coaching staff a good um supporting cast there so i would be a lot more interested in somebody like that but where are you at like where would you take him in your rookie draft yeah and i'm I'm right there with you second round for me i think no matter where he goes i think that's still where i'm gonna have him maybe if he goes to pittsburgh just because Everything about Pittsburgh, man, they're a winning organization. They seem to put the bright players in the right places. They love wide receivers, getting them in the draft as well. And it doesn't matter really where they draft them. They seem to produce. James Washington, even though he didn't really play that much, he he, he produced. He was a good wide receiver in college, and they found ways to get him the ball. Uh, so Sam Howell is a guy I think I can take him in the second round. I'm probably not pushing up in the first. I think there's too much talent at the wide receiver position and a couple of running backs that I would prefer uh, before taking him. I would love to see him sit the first year. I think that'd be super beneficial to him. Maybe get him up to speed a little bit and just be around a veteran. A Trubisky, I think would be a great role model for him. Honestly, man, I, everything he learned with Josh Allen, I think that would be huge for Sam Howell to just sit behind and learn. If he goes to Pittsburgh, I, I actually really love that spot for him. Yeah, no, that would be like best case scenario for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we're going to move on then here. We're going to talk about 
a guy who I sort of loved in the whole pre-draft process. And then I think once I've dug into his film, I still really like him. I probably don't love him as much as I thought I did, but it's Matt Corral. So he is out of Ole Miss. He's a rebel, which obviously, how could you not love that? Uh, Redshirt junior, 23 years old. He, again, similar to... um, Similar to Sam Howell, he's one of the only four star recruits in the class. Comes in at six foot two, 212 pounds. He did not participate at any of the combine or the pro day other than just throwing um, as he was recovering recovering from an ankle injury so we don't have any specific athletic measurables there as far as like 40 times and stuff like that uh when he was coming out so he was touted as the number three ranked pro style quarterback in the 2018 class so again fairly highly thought of highly recruited he had a breakout age of 20.6 which is 55th percentile um but he did average 10.2 yards per attempt which is 94th percentile 2018 he red um, he was a redshirt freshman, so he sat kind of just learning the ropes and stuff like that. In 2020, so he took over, started getting some playing time 2019, 2020. He was kind of his breakout year. He finishes number five in the FBS in passing yards per game, number seven in passing touchdowns, number nine in passing efficiency, and number 11 in passing yards per completion, 14.5. 2021 wasn't as impressive, but again, he had a, is very similar to Sam Howell in some ways in that he had such a great supporting cast in, you know, in 20. 20 mm-hmm. even um you know we elijah moore who i love you know had a lot of like interesting dudes around him guys that you know if, even before that obviously you know people like dk metcalf aj brown all these kind of amazing wide receivers coming out of old miss lately whereas this year like what Dontario drummond was like his number one target it's hard yeah. times tough times when Dontario yeah. drummond's your number one dude in four years 37 games he had a 159.2 passer rating he actually finished with 67.3% completion percentage, which is very good, very high. Um, over 8,000 yards passing, 9.1 yards per attempt, 57 touchdowns, and 23 interceptions. And he had thir- 334 rushing yards for one, or sorry, 334 rush attempts for 1,338 yards, four yards per attempt, and 18 touchdowns. So with Matt Corral, I think he's one of those dudes that there's a lot to like. Um, there's also some stuff to be concerned about. So like a lot of the quarterbacks probably in this class, you know, he's certainly not a finished product and there are questions you could ask. There are holes you can poke. For example, you know, just if you're looking at the negative side of it, the offense that they ran there, especially this last year was, I mean, it was very one dimensional, very like, um, juve, like JV level. It wasn't very sophisticated. It wasn't like a complex uh, NFL style offense, a lot of RPO, a lot of short game, a lot of like stuff that's already spelled out for you before the snap even happens. So I think there's some questions and concerns there about how he, how he will transition to a complicated offense in the NFL, how he will be able to run that. Um, but as far as things, I mean, he's very quick which I really love. I love how quick he is at everything is he's got a quick release. He's got a quick, he's quick at his decision-making. He decides where he wants to go with the ball very quickly. Uh, Something that's really fun about him that I really love is he's got a really great pump fake. Like he really gets into his pump fake. Like It's not like sometimes you see these quarterbacks do this weird, like pump fake or weird handoff where you're like, why even do that? You're not fooling anybody. (laughs) Whereas he gets his whole body into this pump fake. And like, it really, you can see it kind of throw defenders off or like kind of pull a safety one direction and, then he's able to whip around and kind of get the ball out. Uh, so like I said, he has a quick release, gets the ball out quickly. Um, he is a rusher. He, he, so he went to, once he makes up his mind, he's running, he runs hard. He able to pick up a lot of yards through his rushing, something that's, 
terrifies me about him is he's really stupid with his rushing. Like he thinks he's like a running back or a big linebacker, but he's small. Like everyone was shocked that he came in over 200 pounds. Like everyone was like, what? He's 210 pounds. That's crazy. It's good. I'm glad that he's putting on weight. I'm glad that he's bulking up. He needs to, but if he's going to rush in the NFL, he needs to slide. He needs to learn to take what the defense gives him, get out of bounds or slide because I mean, he obviously is, he's already recovering from an ankle injury he picked up in a bowl game. He's not going to last long at 210 pounds if he's trying to take on these big, beefy linebackers uh, or defensive ends like at the NFL level. So at the moment, but again, I think that's something that's pretty easily coached. I think the you know, NFL coach is going to be like, listen, dude, <laughs> you know, you're a first round pick. You're not going head first into like, um, you know, some some big dude, Patrick Queen or something like that. You're not doing that. That's not what we're paying you for. So I think I'd rather in general with my quarterbacks, I'd rather them be too aggressive and learn to rein it back a bit than be too safe and not have that killer instinct in him. So I think he's a real mm-hmm. competitor. He wants to win. He's got a lot of swag, a lot of just like, you know, you just see him like he's a, he's a baller. He's a competitor. He's out there to try and win, especially like I said, with Sam Howell, even you go back and you watch their 2020 tape and there's some more impressive things or things that you really like to see. I go back and watch 2020. I see like some really fun plays, some stuff that he's hooking up with Elijah Moore really well. And I'm like, okay, if you get him a better supporting cast, I think you could probably be surprised what he could bring to you. He has a good arm for deep balls. He can throw the ball deep. He's got a good solid arm. There is some concern about the accuracy though. So sometimes he launches it deep and it's just like, 10 yards past the dude. <laughs> so he needs to work on his accuracy there. Again, you, you sort of worry about that because I know a lot of people think you, didn't, you can't really teach the accuracy, but again, you can see people. I mean, obviously we know Josh Allen is a, is a standalone story um, and how much he improved on his accuracy, but I do think it can get better. Um, he makes quick decisions. Like I said, again, Knox, there was a lot of short game, a lot of like run after the catch sort of stuff, you know, real quick dump offs to the side through the running backs or through Drummond, stuff like that. So, he he doesn't always, but he can lock onto his first read at times. I feel like, you know, he can almost make up his mind before the snap where he wants to go and then just follow that dude. And I don't like that. Now I did see him go through progressions at times as well. So that's good. Again, that's something that hopefully he's growing and hopefully he'll learn. But I guess the real debate will be, was it a very simple offense they're running because that's all that they could trust him with? Or was it just a simple offense that they were running Lane Kiffin because that's just the kind of offense he wanted to run and um, you know Matt Corral is capable of more? I guess the only way we'll find that out is once somebody drafts him. So will he get that first round draft capital or will he slide down into the second round? That's the question. Where are you at with Matt Corral? Are you, I know he's can be quite a polarizing character. I believe Nate's not a fan, but what do you think about him? Yeah, I'm kind of you. You basically said everything I had written down here. I mean, they use them in the run game a lot. You can tell there's some plays where it's just a QB draw, and they're like, "Hey, man, go get it." And he's a fearless guy. He is a fearless leader on the field. Like he's gonna give you every single ounce of what he has. He's gonna try to truck the biggest dude. He's gonna have some energy about him. He's gonna have some swag. That worries me a lot because. That swag could get turned off real quick when you get hit by a 250-pound lightning linebacker in the NFL. And he's gotta he's gotta figure that out. Just through the three games that I just just watched to get caught back up, because we 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 watched these guys early, like we, like we were talking about earlier in the podcast, like February, January. We're like, all right, let's see what's coming up in the next group. After just watching the three games yesterday i saw two successful slides two slides the whole time 
those other there's a couple slides where he slides but it's too late he's getting absolutely popped on the ground when he does it this guy doesn't get down he's gonna like i said he's gonna he's gonna run as hard as he can every single play it's great red zone all right okay but you cannot be successful in the NFL doing that. There's no way his safety – he's going to either have CTE or he's going to figure it out. I mean, one of the two are going to happen. And like you said, I think he locks onto a wide receiver, whether that be what the system is or whatnot. That's going to give me some worrisome because, I mean, we see guys locking the receivers in the NFL, and it's pick six city. Like Sam Darnold, I'm throwing a pick six every day game it seems like so I I think Matt Corral incredible competitor fearless on the field but like you said there is question marks where I don't know about his safety I don't know if, how long he'll actually last in the NFL if he doesn't change things and his deep ball accuracy is not great I like his short and intermediate accuracy uh, but I don't know man I I see some people I Ray GQ one guy I really like and somebody I look up to in this in this community, he hasn't QB one. And I feel like Matt Corral is all over the place in the fantasy community right now. I think he's a good quarterback. There's definitely things he needs to change and get better at, but I don't think I'll be drafting him super high. If anything in fantasy football drafts, I just, I don't, there's too many question marks for me if he's actually going to protect himself enough to be a first round pick for me. That's really worrisome. Yeah, no, I understand. That's fair enough. I mean, like I said, coming into the process, I was like, you know, Matt Crow QB one. Um, mm-hmm. I think I've, I've, I've seen more of the things that worry me, you know what I mean? Like, so I've calmed it down a little bit, but I still definitely have a soft spot in my heart for him big time. And he's still like probably a top three quarterback in this class for me. Um, so, but again, yeah, I a hundred percent understand and agree with, I'm just, I guess I'm just, I like the things that I do see that he does well, really mm-hmm. a lot. He excites me more than pretty much any other quarterback in this class, which I like, I like to get, you know, I, you know, and again, I'm not comparing him to them at all, but I'm like, I've always, whenever I watch Josh Allen play, he excites me. I'm like, yes, yeah. this dude is fun to watch play football. I like what I'm seeing. Whereas some of the other guys are just like, eh, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> he's know? just so, so elusive. I mean, yeah. he, like he you can... said, he's, you can just see the competitive, the energy, the vibe that he brings. And I love that. Um, Cause I think that is a lot of the quarterback position is the intangibles. It's the leadership. Yeah. It's the passion. It's the drive. For me, it'll be, yeah, it'll be landing spot dependent. I mean, if he goes, you know, in the second round and he's going to like, you know, somewhere where there's a real solid starter ahead of him, I'll be a lot less enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, if he goes somewhere where it's like a real, like if he went to Atlanta, I'd be kind of bummed about that because again, it's like, I don't know that that's setting him up for success because yes, he'll have opportunity, but like you said, he needs to learn some things. He really needs to, like, I'd rather him go again, not to like overuse the options, but um I'd love to see him go to Pittsburgh, you know, where he could sit behind, you know, Trubisky for a year or at least battle it out with Trubisky. And maybe if he's ready to take the reins from Trubisky this year, you know, be given that time, that support. Yes, they don't have a great offensive line, but they've got a really good running back. They've got really good receivers. They've got a great coaching staff. I think that would be setting them up for success versus, you know, going somewhere like a Jacksonville or somewhere that has like a questionable, you know, coaching staff or a questionable Mm -hmm. decision making franchise. Um, So, yeah, it'll just depend for me. Like if he gets in a really solid spot, I could see myself pulling a trigger on a first round pick on him. Um, But if he's if he's in a questionable spot or gets lower draft capital than we hoped, it'll be more of a second round pick for me. I think Detroit 
is an ideal landing spot for him. He seems like a, a Campbell guy. Dan Campbell but kneecap biter. Yeah, 100%. Does he not seem like that guy? Like a guy that's just going to give his all and just fight to the death. Like he just seems oh, like. Yeah. Dan Campbell, Campbell would be best bros, man. They would be like bro trip. Like <laughs> they're going to Starbucks and getting these yes. insane coffees, getting, like shot coffee and like seeing who can get more amped up before practice. Definitely. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, that'd be awesome. I love Swift and I love Corral. That would be, dang it. I would be, that's very conflict of interest for me as a Vikings fan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can be loving the lions too much. Um, but there you go, folks, two more really interesting guys and we're not done. Come back and join us again tomorrow because, or well, maybe not tomorrow, but come back and join us for the next episode because we've got, we've got two more dudes that you're going to want to hear about. I drive zero RB in Dynasty, pass up a young receiver, nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate